0: Is Pamela Kuhn and the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. There are many operatic tenors who have thrilled us with their sound. Pavarotti, John Vickers, Jonas Kaufman, they immediately come to my mind. But there is also a league of tenors who are not always household names, but rather artists who have achieved a legendary status in the music world, and who we look up to as the artist's artist. Canadian tenor Richard Margison defines that category, and he has achieved that role with grace, a beguiling smile that Richard Margison fans immediately recognize, and performances that are memorable and honored. He is a recipient of the Officer of the Order of Canada. He holds three honorary doctorates and was awarded two Lifetime Achievement Awards from the Giulio Gari and Licia Albanese Puccini Foundations. His list of honours is as extensive as the list of international operatic houses where he has performed. So it is no surprise that he, in the role of teacher and mentor, and his lovely wife, stage director, Valerie Kuinka, have started the Highlands Opera Studio, a specialized training festival for young, emerging professional artists. Summer festivals abound in the music world, but the Highlands Studio offers personal touches and support set against the backdrop of the wilds of Halliburton, Ontario, Canada. Brimming with operatic masterclasses, opera performances, stage training and performance technique and song classes, the Highlands Opera Studio has built a reputation amongst young professional opera singers and the international caliber staff who make the journey literally into the woods to teach them and offer expertise. It is interesting to me that Richard Margeson follows in the same footsteps that his fellow Canadian tenors have also trod. John Vickers and Ben Hepner immediately come to my mind. They are somehow grounded in the Canadian tradition of work ethic and love of their native land. So today I have with me as my guests, Valerie Kuinka and Richard Margison, to speak of their special festival. I want to welcome both of you to Center Stage. Thank you for being with us. It's a total pleasure to be here, Pam. Thank you. I know you're both in separate places, but we'll try to coordinate this. Um, (laughs) First of all, Richard, it is such an honor to have you on my show. You know, I've admired (laughs) you for years. Your career has been immense. And I've got to say, your broad and engaging smile and laughing eyes are an indication of how much you love life and singing. Can can you, <laughs> and everyone who knows you knows what I'm talking about, Richard Martinson. Right. <laughs> can you share with us your inspiration for starting the Highlands Music uh, Studio, Opera, well, opera I Studio?
1: Think the, uh, the inspiration for, for us was uh, early in my formative years, uh, when I was getting into uh, uh, opera, I uh, had the fortune, the good fortune, to be a part of a, a chamber program, a young uh, artist program called Canada Opera Piccola run by Leopold Simano and Pierrette Dallari. And we would do the same, uh, similar thing that we do with Highlands Opera Studio in in the, uh, you know, the professional consultants that we bring in to work with all of these wonderful, young, uh, aspiring professionals, and uh, also uh, produce operas, do concerts. And then in that particular company, we would take them on tour in the fall. We haven't got to that age of our development yet but mm-hmm. our our mission was to create a bridge between institution and young artist programs and the real world of opera mm-hmm. by putting together a program where these young artists can come and then we bring the world to them essentially uh through the coaches and agents whatever else that we bring in uh and create a a, a bridge for them to uh you know, uh, hone their skills with us and then uh, grace the the stages of the world.
0: What a beautiful way to put it, Richard. And knowing you as I do, and I know how generous you are, this doesn't surprise me. Richard, was was there a cathartic moment in your life where you really, I I know you're still performing, but where you really made a conscious decision, perhaps a step back from performing and offer yourself as a teacher and mentor in this way?
1: Well, I think I've always been passionate about uh, mentoring the next generation. And and my uh, love for the art form itself, my love for music, uh, is something that I've always wanted to share with people. And, and I get a huge amount of energy and joy mm. out of uh, mentoring these young people and working with young people. And uh, predominantly, I mean, I still do some performing, but uh, the majority of my time is... Uh, Bringing up the next generation of singers through my work with, uh, as a professor at the University of Montreal, and also through Highlands Opera Studio, both Valerie and I are so passionate about ensuring this art form's future and ensuring a, a place for all of these young people.
0: This is so responsible of you. Um, bless you for this, Valerie Kawinco. I know that you both share such a happy life in Canada. I mean, how lucky! Are you both to be able to be finally working together as husband and wife with the Highlands Opera Studio in this era and time in your life? Well, it's
2: true. And, you know, uh, when the opportunity arose for Richard and I to establish this program up, up in Halliburton, Uh, I remember uh, saying to Richard, okay, are we going to jump in? Because we have to do this. We have to jump in with both feet, and it's not always going to be easy. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And how is that going to affect our marriage? Uh, (laughs) I I must say, it is a, you know, it is a, to do it right, to really give it the passion and the commitment that one has to, to to really uh, achieve the goals that Richard has already outlined, uh, you do have to jump in with both feet, and that takes a lot of energy and a lot of compromise and a lot of passion and I'm happy to say that we both did, and um, we are entering our fourteenth season with Highlands this uh, this July and August. and uh, I must say we feel we've come a long way in those uh, in those thirteen years, as Richard uh, pointed out that the the original inspiration was. Uh, Canadian opera Piccola, which uh, was also uh, uh, started by these two also very well-known and highly respected Canadian singers, the uh, tenor uh, Leopold Simonot and uh, Pierrette Alarie, soprano. And uh, we've uh, started with that inspiration and we've built our own um, hybrid, really, of uh, of doing exactly what we've said, of, of really doing our best to maintain a relevant training and networking environment for the young aspiring opera singers of today. Because, of course, the times are different now than they were mm-hmm. when Richard was at the height of his career. And it's important to maintain a relevance for these young people.
0: Mm-hmm. Well said. You know, just to show you how ignorant I am about Canada, can I ask you both exactly where Halliburton is? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Halliburton is uh, situated in what we call cottage country. It's uh, approximately two and a half hours north of the city of Toronto, which is our biggest city, uh, about two and a half uh, um, hours straight north. And it's all uh, just a, its the most magnificent place you can imagine, all uh, hills and thousands of lakes, and uh, it's its just the perfect uh, location to... Fill the hills
0: with music. Oh, so is this like a little archipelago where the cottages are kind of dotted around?
2: Oh, yes. It's it's uh, one of the main vacation spots, summer vacation spots, out of the uh, greater Toronto area. Uh, there are three, and this is one of the three. It's right in the middle of, of the three. There's one that uh, people may know. Uh, it has more of an international reputation. It's the area of Muskoka. Well, uh, we are just uh, east of, of Muskoka, and the land is beautiful. And as Richard said, it's uh, uh, people from the city tend to go up there um, during during the summer months and spend
0: time on cottages. So the singers must be loving it to be out in the wilds.
2: This is it. It's uh, it really is a. Um, I know a lot of our participants have said they find it so rejuvenating to be able to get out of an urban center uh... and into this uh... you know this natural environment uh... the very modest uh, town i must say that is uh... very passionate now they've become very supportive and very passionate of of highlands opera studio it's a town of only five thousand di- during the year and during the uh... summer months the cottage uh... population raises the the area to sixty five thousand so um, it's it is a bigger, but still it is a a not a, a, a main urban environment. So people have the uh, young people have the chance to uh, you know recharge by being out in nature, and yet they are working with some of
0: the best and top uh, international opera professionals that are out there now. Well, it's very exciting, your staff. I mean, you have the expertise to draw upon so many that you've both worked with in your lifetime. Um, and Valerie, I, I realize that you're actually originally a violist. Yes, but, I am. But when did you turn to stage direction?
2: Well, I had an unusual path, I guess. Uh, uh, I have. I started my career as a, as a professional classical violist and was a long-standing member of both the Canadian Opera Company Orchestra and the National Ballet of Canada Orchestra, and uh, had a very busy career with uh, that in the early days. Somehow, during the course of uh, that, that first decade of really a professional career, I, I had an interest, and I guess I was a sort of a sleeping interest in, in uh, what went on above, <laughs> above me, and uh, wow. theater and staging and and uh, you know just the the psychology behind uh, performances and interpretations of performances mm-hmm. when Richard and I uh, met and uh, um, you know his world of course is, is uh, was immersed in this it fascinated me and uh, time passed. I, I attended uh, many, many uh, rehearsals and found that I had a, a, a vision for it I, uh, and I would, you know suggest uh, just sort of share things with Richard and opinions, basically then, and Richard was the one that said, after listening to this for a few years, I think you have a talent in uh, stage direction, and uh, I think you should pursue it. Well, in those early days, of course, as a committed and very busy professional uh, classical violist, the uh, thought of uh, you know diluting my my already nine hour a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, professional i was like this is a ridiculous idea uh however uh i did uh, with time and as i say just to to get on with the story because it was a, an unusual story but nonetheless i mentored with a few prominent stage directors uh and did find that it satisfied something that i felt i had to offer that uh it complemented my my playing career and i still play i still play professionally of course uh I, I not as much as I, I did uh, I, when I started working as a stage director at the Metropolitan Opera uh, in 2004. I left the Canadian Opera Company orchestra at that time, and uh, however, the the National Ballet of Canada have always been very supportive of my my directing uh, career, and we managed to it being a, a shorter. It's not a full time job. It's really a four month a year job. We were able to uh, work with it, and then the, those years when I was working at the Met uh, a lot, um, I was able to take Leaves of Absence, and it all worked out, and so I was I managed to keep my, my uh, one foot in both worlds there, and I still do.
0: This is so, wonderful. Uh, it, it
2: seems to, to, for me, my ability and my career, uh, my experience as an uh, instrumentalist and so connected with the world of opera in in particular, and the world of dance, Mm -hmm. uh, informs my ability as a stage director and gives me, I feel, a unique perspective.
0: Of course. And now that perspective is being handed down to the Highlands Opera Studio. How wonderful. Well, Richard, I wonder if I might bother you for a moment on a personal note. You know, I, I gather that you were adopted. And one of the requests of your birth mother was that you were to be adopted into a musical family. That's right. Now, that request was rather extraordinary. Can can you share your thoughts on this beginning of life challenge with our listeners?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, it's it's uh, an, an amazing thing that uh, my birth mother, um, her parents were both um, uh, church organists and choir directors. And my grandmother, uh, my birth mother's mother, was also uh, a stage director. She directed... Uh, musicals in in a high school setting in a a little town in British Columbia, Nelson, British Columbia. And uh, it's very interesting because my birth mother was also uh, a pianist and uh, a bit of a singer. And uh, she did, uh, um, I believe, um, she accompanied, um, oh gosh, Bobby McFerrin's father on a tour. And she she was fairly accomplished in her own right. uh, But when she... uh, went to uh, have me uh she made a stipulation that uh she would like me adopted into a musical surrounding a musical environment because that's where i came from and uh, as it turns out my adoptive mother was a piano teacher and an accompanist and my adoptive father although never had a career professionally in music was uh, with the victoria symphony for some years early on uh, in the viola section and uh also uh, fancied himself a, a fine baritone singer so oh, marvelous uh, yeah and uh, yeah i mean it's it's a fascinating story and which i found out when i met my birth mother uh ultimately uh and the the interesting thing there is that she had known she'd heard me but didn't know who i was but always thought that i reminded her of her father so
0: oh my gosh um,
1: it's quite fascinating. We'd known each other, actually, uh, through the Edmonton Opera. She was on the Ladies' Auxiliary, and, uh, but we didn't know we were mother and son.
0: Oh, my <laughs> gosh. The synchronicity in this is giving me a definite frisson right now. This is, this is so know, exciting. And quite amazing. And yeah, quite I, amazing. I, Richard Margeson, you definitely have a star shining on you. I mean, angels <laughs> are watching you. I know that. And actually, uh, you didn't always want to be an opera singer, did you? You were really, you know, kind of determined to become a folk singer,
1: I was actually, uh, you know, my my inspiration in those early days uh, was, uh, oh gosh, Gordon Lightfoot, uh, our original Canadian troubadour. um, uh, I think Gordon Lightfoot, uh, Leonard Cohen, Bruce Mm -hmm. Coburn, all of these people um, inspired me. I did a lot of um, coffee houses in the 70s, and and, uh, I actually uh, had a little rock band for a while, and Got disillusioned, however, with the venues that we were playing and the right. people that we were and the people <laughs> we were playing for were not necessarily interested in what we were doing. So, uh, what turned to the university to get a degree to become a, a teacher uh, in the schools to teach music in the schools and met my voice teacher there and she said that you should be singing opera and well, why not?
0: And the rest so, is history.
1: The rest is history. Yeah,
0: I've just got to ask you though one thing: Did you ever meet Gordon Lightfoot?
1: I did. And as a matter of fact, uh, we sang on a concert together uh, when they were celebrating 50 years of of governor generals in Canada and um, met him. uh, We didn't sing together. He sang his uh, thing. I sang mine. And uh, I said to him, uh, you know, because I I had met him uh, when I did my first CD of operatic arias, uh, he was... Editing a CD of his in a, a studio down the way, and uh, so I went, and the the sound technician for my recording introduced me, and I, I thought I'd touched the face of God at that point. <laughs> and, um, it, it's, it's fascinating.
0: I'm sure he felt the same.
1: But, but... Oh well, he was he was in awe. You know, he said, "I don't know how you guys do that with no microphones right. and whatever." He said, I, "It's just it blows my mind." <laughs> So.
0: <laughs> well, I can tell you what blows my mind, and that is your voice, which I would equate, really equal to a Pavarotti with your clarion ring. I, I know that on your website, they, they call you the spine-tingling sound. But <laughs> to me, your clarity and the thrill of your sound is so is so stunning. And I'd like my listeners right now to, to have a sample of that. So we're going to hear tenor Richard Margeson in Nessun Dorma from Turandot by Puccini. And that, folks, is the wonderful sound of Richard Margison, Canadian tenor, who is my guest today on WGCH on center stage with his wife Valerie Kuinka. Richard, when you listen to that today, do you do you have any remarks for yourself? Any notes?
1: <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love that honesty. I, I love, you know, it's
1: exhausting. when exhausting. <laughs> yeah, it's exhausting because you think of you. You remember it's every every place that you just have to make sure that you don't overblow, but you have enough energy right. to to get through to the end. Yeah, but it's tiring in, now. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh, the clarion call in your sound, and you're a clean singer. I mean, this is what every conductor loved about you.
1: Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> Thank God for that.
0: <laughs> when when we think of your 15 straight years at the Metropolitan Opera and triumphant performances at La Scala, San Francisco Opera, and everywhere around the world, we forget that early on in your career you actually had to audition. Were you comfortable with the audition process?
1: I hated the audition process <laughs> uh, with a passion, and I think uh, you know out of the auditions that I did. Um, the the i i didn't do that many but uh i did one uh, finally at um the english national opera uh in 19 i think it was about 1988 thereabouts mm-hmm. and, and they offered me um the role of ricardo in un ballo in Mascara, uh which unfortunately coincided with Valerie's and my honeymoon but
0: uh oh, oh a small but, thing <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
1: Very got the Verdi honeymoon. Verdi he first.
0: worked. <laughs> <laughs> I love that.
1: We had a wonderful. We had a wonderful time. Anyway, albeit uh, uh, it was during the honeymoon, and, and actually that was the last time I ever had to audition. From that point on, uh, isn't
0: that marvelous? Sort of Europe,
1: Europe opened up, and uh, the rest uh, again is history.
0: That's wonderful. And Valerie, I understand that your daughter Lauren Margison has become a very fine operatic singer, winning international competitions and Young Artists Awards. Who has been easier to manage at home, father or daughter? <laughs> <laughs> it's a oh, good question.
2: We are a team. I must say, the three of us <laughs> are a team. Uh, yeah, they're they're both great. I must say, <laughs> I I can't even I can't answer that. I think that that um, uh, you know, thank goodness. I guess that Lauren, if she aspires as she is. To having a career in mm-hmm. opera, that she's not a man because that would have been a, a tough act to follow. Absolutely, that, you know. As it is, uh, uh, she did study with Richard. She is uh, really homeschooled in her in her in her vocal technique and wonderful. Uh, her, you know, she I I did everything else with her. I worked on musicianship and mm-hmm. and uh, audition deportment, etc., etc. Et and and uh, well, as certain had the best. languages and. Um so she we've as i say we've we're really a team the three of us uh, um we complement each other we're all very different but Lauren is really quite a bit like Richard
0: there's no ways about it <laughs> That's so exciting you know except i except i keep my room clean <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I absolutely love this. This is what keeps you alive and so different from other festivals. I've got to get us back to the Highlands Opera Studio now. How many singers do you have auditioning this year? I know auditions are coming up. Yes, we're, we're at, at the moment, 120 at, the 120 moment, at this, at this point in time, right? I think we have
1: 120, 125, thereabouts.
2: Yeah, okay. at this point we're about 120, but we, we yeah. usually, we don't start for another week, uh, or yeah. towards the end of this week we start our our national uh, across Canada and into the states, we we could do come to New York City. Uh, there, our tour starts this Thursday and we end in New York City on February seventeenth. And wow. uh, we usually get a few people during the course of the tour signing up at the last minute. So we're of course. we're generally between you know one twenty five one thirty five. That's a, that's generally the number of people that we listen to annually.
0: This is so exciting. I'm so thrilled for you both. You, you are really living your bliss, as I often talk about on my show. And we've run out of time. I wish I had another day for you both because you're so delightful. But knowing you, Richard Margison and Valerie Kuenka, <laughs> as I do, I can personally attest to the spiritual fire that, that you possess within yourselves. And as a family to help pave the way for young artists, I love this. I just love it. All the best. All the best for the Highlands Opera Studio Richard Margeson and Valerie Quinka, thank you so much for being on Center Stage. This thank is, you, Pam. You bet. Thank you so much, my Pam. My pleasure. I
2: hope that you might have an opportunity to mention that we will be coming to New York on for our auditions February the 17th. on February All right.
0: 17th. You just did it for me. Okay. And everybody, look out for the Highlands Opera Studio. This is Pamela Coon, and the curtain is now down on Center Stage.